being that I do have a platform, I do try to use it to spread that education and spread that knowledge so that, you know, I can help educate people on why being vegan is a good thing, how it helps animals, how it helps your health, how it helps the environment, because I still think that there's a lot of people who don't understand how all those things are connected. And I feel like the more people kind of get that in their heads, the more they start to understand and they start to get more curious about going vegan. But I was very shy about it at first. I'm Jackie Reed, Emmy Award-winning journalist, longtime TV and radio host, and vegan. I created this podcast to give you tips on how easy, delicious, inexpensive, healthy, and fun eating vegan can be. We'll also talk wellness and just how we can make the world a better place. This is the Vegan Sexy Cool Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the show and thanks for tuning in. This episode is a little different than what you typically hear on this show. We just celebrated the one year anniversary of the Vegan Sexy Cool podcast with a virtual live table talk event with myself and a few women from what I like to call my Vegan Sexy Cool squad. We're gonna talk about in this episode some hot topics in the vegan space, along with having some cocktails and mocktails and just a good old time. And just to let you know, I will be posting the video of this episode very soon on our YouTube channel, which we are revamping and preparing for a new, bigger and better season. So with that, let's get to the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this special episode of the Vegan Sexy Cool podcast. This is Table Talk, and I have some very special guests with me um, who, if you're watching this broadcast live, you can see if you are listening on the podcast. I'll introduce them in just a second. Just want to let you know that this is the one year, this month marks the one year anniversary of the Vegan Sexy Cool podcast. So this is what this celebration is all about. Thank you. Thank you very much. Please applause, applause. <laughs> let, me let me introduce the ladies. So I have Ashley Renee here, who is a sustainability educator and plant-based health expert and a new mom. <laughs> Gwena Hunter is an activist who is the founder of Vegans for Black Lives Matter and Vegans of LA. And Chef Nina Curtis is an award-winning executive chef and director for Adventist Health, Vitalize Cafe and Culinary Arts. Ladies, welcome. And did I get everybody's titles right? Anything you want to add to what I said? Anybody? Because I know we're all booked and busy, so there are things going on. Anybody want to add anything? <laughs> well, you know, I want to talk about what is in our mocktails, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. But I just got some news, um, some tragic news that um, the great Cicely Tyson um, has uh, passed. She is no longer with us. I think she was 96 years old. Mm -hmm. um, and so she died earlier today. And um, I just, I can't believe it. She was, I, I don't know what the cause of her death is yet. It's the news is just coming out. Um, and of course, Hollywood is, is you know, just saddened with this news. I'm sure so many comments will come out from across, you know, probably around the world because she was so beloved. Um, but I don't know if any of you all had an opportunity to meet her or you remember the last time you saw her or any thoughts on the great Cicely Tyson uh, before we move on to our hot topics. Yeah, I was going to say, um, I remember my first introduction to her was seeing her in Roots because I was in mm. elementary school. Yeah. And um, just the fact that she was dark skinned was and on TV was a thing for me, not 
black but dark dark skinned black woman yeah so that's special to me so yeah that was my thing I hold on to for her yeah I saw her in trip to bountiful a few years back I want to say a few years maybe it was four or five years um but she was on Broadway with James Earl Jones and it wasn't that long ago and she was so sharp you know what I mean and just so you know, you would think that at that age, maybe it would slow her down, um, maybe impact her ability, but it did not at all. She was, for the entire um, performance, just, you know, remarkably fantastic. Um, wow. And so that was, and I remember I had an opportunity to go to the after party after the show because it was the premiere. And just, I, did, I never had the opportunity to actually meet, meet her, but just to be in the presence of her was just something, you know, I couldn't stop staring at her. She was so incredible. Um, so let's raise a glass, you guys, our mocktails and cocktails to the great Cicely Tyson. Um, she will be missed, but she left us, um, you know, great work and great memories. Um, and so let's let's move on to uh, something a little more fun. Let's talk about our cocktails. Uh, Miss Gwenna, what healthy <laughs> cocktail do you have going on here or mocktail? Well, this is inspired by our current pandemic. This is <laughs> uh, pomegranate juice with pomegranate seed. You can okay. see it there. And um, you can Google this. Um, a lot of uh, medical documents um, and sites have said that um, it may um, inhibit the growth of COVID uh, virus. So keep this in your system. And you just you just got over COVID. Were you like I, down in that constantly? Yeah, like I still like I feel like even though I got out of it pretty good, um, I still have like a little bit of trauma with it. Like I'm super careful and I'm just there's certain things I don't even touch anymore. I'm just all about trying to make sure I keep my immune system up as much as possible. So pomegranate juice and the pomegranate seeds are an important yeah. part of it as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think because I think the seeds, you know, they're still all alive. Most of the time, these pomegranate juices have been pasteurized or gone through some processing, but the seeds, for sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, Nina is nodding her head because I know she knows all about the nutritional value of so many things. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all in her lane. <laughs> <laughs> Nina, what are you drinking? I'm a green juice lover, leafy green spinach and celery, and I've got ginger and lemon, and I'm also, I came heavy. I'm two-fisted with my shot, my shot of E3 Live Spirulina. I love Spirulina. And you know, Spirulina is a whole food, so I do this about three times a day. And yeah, I'm chasing things I know I shouldn't be having, even as a vegan. When I do, I clean it up here. So I'm going to be uh, your two-fisted drinker tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So wait a minute. What is, what is, e I, I know what spirulina is, but what is E3? Yeah. E3 is um, the producer of this form of spirulina from okay. Uh, okay. Calumet Lake. Yeah, it's the most pristine lake where we can... Um, where they extract the spirulina. And that is the product that I had with the Blue Magic. That is mm. the extract from this spirulina that also is great for total body inflammation, arthritis, all kinds of things. So, yes. 
I love that. I love that. You know, I'm always when when Nina talks, I'm always like, okay, do I need to <laughs> let me let me get my I need to write that down. Let me write that down. <laughs> I'm gonna get some stock in these companies. <laughs> and our new mom, I mean, literally yes. new mom. Like, how many days has it been, Ashley? Almost two weeks. So tomorrow will be his two week birthday. <laughs> ah, congratulations. Congratulations. Thanks. A little boy beyond is his name. I love that. Um, um, what what are you drinking, girl? I'm drinking good old fashioned water because <laughs> breastfeeding, right? <laughs> breastfeeding, yeah. And they say that uh, one of the best things that you can drink when you're a breastfeeding mom is water because it will help stimulate the the breast milk production. So I've been downing water every single day. <laughs> oh my god, how's your energy? How are you? How are you feeling? Feeling good. So it's interesting because I know like with new moms, like one of those struggles is getting enough sleep because you're like, especially if you're breastfeeding, right? I'm breastfeeding like every two hours. But I will say that what has helped me is support. Like support is so important. Um, you know, if you have it, take advantage of it. My husband's been super supportive. I have my mom here. Um, and honestly, I just think, I don't know if it's, this is an American cultural thing, but I feel like men need to really step up and be there <laughs> like for their, you know, for their partners and for their kids when, you know, their significant others give birth because it it's a lot to ask a woman to do all of it on her own, especially after you just went through all of that trauma to your body. Like you need help, like we need help. So um, what has made it made it so much easier is having that support system. So I actually get sleep in between, you know, the breastfeeding and, you know, he changes the diapers and burps them and does all the things so that I don't have to do it all. You know, I'm not trying to be a superwoman. I never wanted to be. A <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that can be a lot. Yeah, I'm glad that you have that support system and that you're lucky enough to have that support system yes. in place because all women are not able. Listen, I can barely take care of my two dogs and myself. I cannot even imagine bringing a baby into the picture. It would be game over, game over. Well, I'm glad that you were able, that you are rested enough to join us here at the table. And I want to throw the first question on the table, ladies, because this is an interesting one. It's a good one since Valentine's Day is right around the corner. And that is, are vegans better lovers and let me tell you yes. where i got this from <laughs> right like, yes so pamela take anderson a <laughs> take a sip yeah take a uh. so actress and activist pamela anderson who is a longtime vegan and animal activist was on pierce morgan um on his show and she was saying that uh vegans definitely have better sex and he was kind of shocked by all of this He's a little anti-vegan anyway. Um, but she says that a vegan diet can help boost, this is what she was saying on the show, sexual performance. She went on to say that the cholesterol in meat, in, in meat, eggs, and dairy causes a hardening of the arteries, so it slows mm -hmm. down the blood flow to all of the body organs, including the sexual organs, <laughs> not just your heart. So she says go vegan and improve your stamina. And a recent study did reveal that 67% of vegans experience a boost in sexual performance after ditching animal products. So ladies, what do you think? Gwenna, I will start with you. <laughs> you think vegans have better sex? 1,000%. Yeah. So, um, and don't you can get as personal as you want to. It's up to you. You don't have to. I mean, you know. 
So my boyfriend, he is 64. And um, yeah, we good. <laughs> he's vegan? Yeah, he's been vegan 30 years. Oh, oh wow. wow. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, I lucked up on that because that was one thing. <laughs> I wasn't, it wasn't a deal breaker, but I'm like, he has to at least be open. Like, I don't want to be, yeah. You're like, yeah. So luckily I didn't even have to go through that. So, um, but yeah, he's been vegan 30 years and wow. his interests and all that stuff. So yeah, he, we're good. So you were like, I don't want to have to be doing this by myself, huh? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Nina, what about you? What do you think? And again, you don't have to get too personal, but feel free. What do you think? I don't kiss and tell, but I'll say yes. You agree, <laughs> right? Pamela Anderson is right in this situation. I agree. I mean, I've been vegan over 20 years, and wow. um, I know my own stamina. And <laughs> yeah. Jack, this question. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree. I agree. I would say, Ashley, the proof is in the baby with what's going on. Yeah, in the baby also, <laughs> you know, and yeah, and so my husband actually he went plant based um, in. Oh yeah, it was just his vegan anniversary, his one year vegan anniversary. So he went plant based in December. He he doesn't like to say vegan, so we're we're still working on that. Um, <laughs> but he 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 calls himself plant based. Um, but. Yeah, and I, I'm going to add like the additional perspective of just like beyond just the physical level. There's that like emotional connection too, because if you're vegan and your partner isn't, or, you know, isn't at least plant-based, there can be like a, a bit of a disconnect. But I will say that when he went plant-based, it's like now we can do things together. We can go out and eat together at vegan restaurants. Um, you know, I feel like we can connect more on an emotional level because we have such a major thing in common now because, you know, being vegan is a major lifestyle change. And if your partner isn't there with you, um, sometimes it can lead to arguments. It can lead to you know, just not being able to connect as much, especially like when it comes to eating, because eating is such a major part of a lot of people's lives. Um, yeah. So much centers around, you know, what we eat. So it's just, it just feels a lot better emotionally and, you know, to have that partner be on that same like level as you um, in terms of like what you're eating and, you know, how you view life in general in terms of like animal exploitation and, you know, just the different issues surrounding veganism. So that in itself has, you know, helped elevate our relationship even higher. And yeah. Yeah. Nina, would you date a non-vegan? <laughs> I'm single right now. No, I'm saying, but would you, would you date someone I have, who Mm -hmm. I, I have, and um, there is always those differences. Yeah. yeah? It, you always feel like, or I, I'll speak for myself, I always feel like that person is feeling like, oh, here we go. Or, mm -hmm. oh, I'm, okay, let me deal with this. So uh, moving forward, probably not. Mm. Probably not I, I don't want to a non-vegan, or let me stay open to what God has for me. Um, one that a person that's very open. Yeah. yeah. My lifestyle, mm -hmm. because in my kitchen, I don't bring anything in my house that has a face that I would eat or anything mm -hmm. that comes from that. 
So I'm definitely not cooking for you. And then you're going to miss out totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because her food, oh my God. Don't oh, even I haven't even, I haven't even had the opportunity to taste it. I've just seen it and just heard her describe. <laughs> I just, I, I can't. You know, the singer Maya, who is a longtime vegan, she, I read that she said, I did not hear this come out of her mouth and I don't like to misquote people, but she said that she does not like to date anyone that is not vegan because she said it's like kissing death. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Can I just say something mildly inappropriate? So, you know, I'm on YouTube. And so I remember one time I put out a a YouTube video and this was back before my husband went plant-based. And I had a lot of like angry comments from especially like vegan men. There was this Mm -hmm. one comment in particular that made us just bust out laughing. And this guy literally went in and he was like, I can't believe you married a non-vegan. This dude's (laughs) busting toxins in you every night. (laughs) We just (laughs) fell out laughing. (laughs) I was like, yo. (laughs) People are rude. They think they can say whatever they want to say. That's the the animal rights community. They they are like that. Like they go... All out. Those ethical vegans. Speaking of uh, <laughs> vegans who go too far, um, there is this new commercial, this new ad from Oatly, um, which I love their oat milk. Um, and uh, it there, it's basically for those who haven't seen it, it's a it's a British commercial, and it's his father sneaking into the house and then into the kitchen in the middle of the night, and his son is sitting in the dark at the table, his teenage son, and his son, you know, kind of you know confronts him and shames him because what the dad the dad is carrying a bag and inside the bag is cow's milk, and he's like cow's milk really and. This ad has gotten a lot of criticism. There have been a lot of articles written about it saying that that's the problem with vegans. You know, we shame people. And I just want to ask you guys, do you think vegans go too far when it comes to trying to convince people? And where do you all stand on trying to convince people? I mean, I've I've made a transition. I can tell you when I first started, I, I still want everyone to be vegan because of all the benefits um, and it's helping the planet and it's saving animals, but the health benefits for yourself if you don't care about those things. Um, if you're just selfish, you don't care about your own season. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but I've evolved and I feel like, you know, I've got it. I'm not to a place where I'm like, just let everybody, you know, live and let live. But I do kind of, if, friends of mine, I find myself pulling myself back now. Whereas at first out the gate, I was like, everybody's got to be, you know, what are you doing? You got to try it. And yeah. it was just, it was just exhausting fighting all the time with people. It just created so much negative energy in my space. Um, you know, so Gwenna, what do you think? How are, where are you at on trying to convince people? Um, like yourself, I've been on the whole spectrum and I don't know, you know, how much further I'm going to evolve. But in the beginning, I was like, oh my God, look at this video look at what we're doing to the animals. Like I was a little nuts in the beginning because I was, my whole reality shifted how I viewed the world and trusted my whole upbringing and teaching around this very topic. So um, I felt betrayed. So I was very like angry in the beginning. 
But then I noticed people that were just like that and they had been like that for years. And I'm just like, oh, I don't want to be like that person and turn people off. So now I'm more of, um, and I'm not going to lie, I, I still have my judgments, you know, sometimes, especially if it's someone that I've talked to about it or, um, you know, people that are in certain fields, um, I will have my judgments, but I've learned to kind of um, be gentle with it not perfect at it. Sometimes I get triggered by somebody being funny or saying something that might hit me the wrong way. I'm like, wait a minute now, you know what I mean? But, <laughs> but I have calmed it down. So now it's more just about um, helping people through just love and kindness. Like that's really my motto. I mean, I'm not always like that, but that is how I'm trying to be. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Ashley? I would say my spectrum was a little bit opposite of yours because I would say in the beginning, I was more shy about telling people that I was vegan because I didn't want to be ridiculed and I didn't want to hurt people's feelings, especially because I, I didn't have anybody in my life who was vegan. Um, yeah. Definitely no family members, no friends. I wasn't in like any kind of vegan community um, I had already established myself as like a travel influencer. So, uh, I wasn't really trying to be like a vegan influencer at the time. So I had no real support system around me. So I was always very hesitant to say that I was vegan, especially, you know, for my brand. Like I was like, Oh, everybody's gonna hate me if I even mention the word vegan. But then over time, I just stopped caring. I was like, you know what? F that. Like, this is who I am. Um, I want everybody to know it, you know, and there's no shame in it. It's like, we don't, if, if people who eat meat can just walk around feeling no shame, you know, about their lifestyle choices, why should I walk around suppressing myself and my views and my lifestyle choice just to make people feel comfortable? And, you know, why should I walk on eggshells around people just because I don't want to hurt their feelings? Like, no, like, these are my views. I've, you know, learned to just have an opinion and just stick to it. And if you don't agree with it, that's cool too. You know, it's like, it's all right. You can choose to live how you want to live, but this is how I choose to live. Um, but being that I do have a platform, I do try to use it to spread that education and spread that knowledge so that, you know, I can help educate people on why being vegan is a good thing, how it helps animals, how it helps your health, how it helps the environment. Because I still think that there's a lot of people who don't understand how all those things are connected. And I feel like the more people kind of get that in their heads, the more they start to understand and they start to get more curious about going vegan. But I was very shy about it at first. Yeah, but she has come out of her shell. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Nina? I kind of know your story, but tell everybody else because you're kind of like a live and let live, but you are a very, you're very, a very proud vegan. I am. I am. And when I, you know, when I think about over 20 years ago, it was kind yeah. of the flip side I was getting because I was bodybuilding. And yeah. so my body stopped wanting just overnight, it seemed, any form of animal protein. And I kind of freaked out. But I got the flip side. I got a lot of people like, how are you going to build muscle? And you're weird. And this isn't going to work. And where, you know, all the things, where do you get to get your, your protein? So I had to decide okay, well, I don't want to be like that. And then I had the opportunity when I start, when I started seeking out more vegan communities that 
they were very staunch in their beliefs and very hardcore. And if you weren't 150%, and I was like, well, I definitely don't want to be like that. And so I found my own very early on, but I've always been outspoken. And my living motto is always, I'm louder through my actions than anything I could say. Mm. I just kept diving in really deep and you know, the more competitions you win, when someone tells you can't, you shut them down. And, and that has been my walk and it continues to be my walk. When someone comes into the cafe and says, oh, is that the fake cheese? I go, no, that's the dairy-free cheese. And then just the look sometimes that I give without saying anything, you know, <laughs> I, I'm going to lean into you with compassion, but I stand for what I stand for. So if I have to, I'm going to educate because to me, the power we have is one living it, being a great example of it, and then educating others, but making them think it's their idea. And that's really mm. how I've lived this journey. Yeah. So that, that, me, you know, oh, you told me this a long time ago. I know. I'm like, no, you have to find your way. I'm never going to say, I told you so. Or like I'm watching my clock, like how long is it or watch, how long is it gonna take you to come my way? I don't do yeah. that. No. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. Gwenna, you have um mm -hmm. such an incredible story of what inspired you to become vegan. Can you share that? Because I this story gave me chills. Yeah, um at the time I was um I think vegetarian, maybe pescatarian a little bit. And I had a dream. And in the dream, I was flying in the sky and I see a green pasture and there's a cow and the cow, she looks up at me. And when she looks up at me, we merged and became one, our eyes locked. And then I was her. And I just went through her whole reality and existence and her life. I felt everything, thoughts, emotions, joy, love. And when I came out of the dream, I was just like, I was crying because I was like, oh my God, cows love? I was just like, and we eat them? Like, it was like, I woke up in a horror movie. I'm mm. like, we eat them and they have this type of consciousness. And so I started thinking, I'm like, did I watch something weird? I'm like, is that, it was just really interesting. And all of a sudden I felt this warm, it's like heat, but not like heat from the heater. It was a different type of heat. And I felt mm -hmm. it right on my heart. And when I touched it, I was like paralyzed with complete peace. Like I felt just like I could have just, I could have lived in it the rest. I would be like, bye earth. It was great knowing you. I'm going to hang out here. <laughs> like that's how good it felt. Right. Um, and maybe it lasted for a few seconds. I don't know. And I came out of it. I'm like, okay, this was a real experience. And uh, even though I was vegetarian, it wasn't because I cared about animals. Like I didn't care if you ate a steak or ate a, you know, you could eat whatever you want. I just don't want it because it messes with my digestive system. Right. But this, you know, ushered me right on in um, into my journey. So yeah, that's what got me going. You know, it's so interesting that you know I, my story, um, you know, was I saw this video on Facebook. Um, and it happened to be a black woman and it. it was almost like a public service announcement um, where she was passing these animal rights activists who were handing out pamphlets, you know, to go vegan and stop the slaughter and all that kind of stuff. And 
you know, it just, she was walking by and then you see her a little bit later doing some research on what happens with factory farming and things like that. And then you see her like at a dinner party with friends and, you know, she's kind of looking at what there is to eat and she's, it's on her mind. And then at the very end of the video, she's handing out the pamphlet. I don't know what it is about that moment, what it was about that video, but that was it for me. Even though I had been leaning in that direction anyway, but it's so funny when you share these kind of stories with with some people, especially people that are that are not vegan. It's like you're talking about an alien abduction <laughs> to them. They treat you like, you know, that is just so foreign to yeah. give up meat or to have some kind of experience, right? They, they treat you like you're so strange, but you know, people come to veganism for so many um, different reasons. Um, mm -hmm. But I, it's just interesting that it's such a popular thing now. Cause Nina, you were talking about, you know, being vegan for 20 plus years, you must've started when you were two. Cause that skin, sorry, is gorgeous. <laughs> Thank you. Gorgeous. Um, that is a benefit. That is a benefit. Is. Listen, it's All not just the us. sex, right? Yep. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> not just the sex. Uh, no, but I was going to say today, being a vegan, Nina, it's just like the products and things like that. You know, even if, you know, you're not that into processed foods, just the things that are available to you with restaurants and food delivery and, and things like that and, and YouTube channels with recipes and just there's so you have access to so much information. Um, it, it just, I, I mean, how, what do you think about that compared to what it was like when you decided to go vegan, um, you know, 20 years ago? Yeah. Even after all this time that I've been vegan, I think it can be vegan or just overload. I'm like, mm. and I, I'm pretty knowledgeable and I've been through a lot and I've gone to two culinary schools and I work in a commercial kitchen every day. I mm. think about those trying to find their way, you know, information overload can paralyze you. So I find yeah. also that there's a lot of regurgitation of things and then it gets diluted down. Yeah. Like a lot of people don't know things that they're saying they don't even know. And I'm only basing this off of looking at something they put out there and then following and seeing where they're coming from and they don't ever cite the source. Yeah. And they make it like it's theirs, but they're only telling half the story so I do love the fact that there is more exposure and I don't get called weird so often that it is overload and you know you have to dig deeper to find that needle in that haystack of people that are really I think we're all here having our own journey to get here to be at this table with you and then the marketing side of it and people know we can make money right now, especially during this pandemic. And now everybody's concerned about their health and their you know, immune system. Yeah. So I've just seen a lot is out there. And like with anything, we, we can look at anything. It can get quite a bit diluted and people can say, well, I'm vegan. But when you look at what they're eating, that is not what I'd be calling a healthy diet, mm -hmm. right? if we're going to go that way. But like Ashley said before, if you're vegan, if you're vegan, you live a lifestyle. Otherwise you eat food that is labeled vegan, a vegan yeah. diet. And there's a huge difference. Huge difference. Huge you know, difference. it is a, it is a whole lifestyle, but yeah, that's why I was so excited to do this table talk, you know, with black women who are vegans 
um, because sometimes you can feel like a, a unicorn. Sometimes you can feel, you know, like, especially if you're, when you're at work, when you go to events and things like that, um, you know, either it's, Hey, she's vegan. So she, you know what I mean? Everybody's looking at you or people don't care. And it's like, you know, I don't know if there's, you know, bacon in that, you know, I don't, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's nice to just talk to women who have black women, particularly who have a shared experience. And we'll talk a little bit about racism and veganism in a bit, but Nina, I want to ask you something else about a story that came out this week that you actually sent to me. And that is uh, a French or a, a French vegan restaurant being the first vegan restaurant to ever receive a Michelin star. And talk about what a big deal that is uh, for folks who don't understand the significance of a Michelin star. Well, it's a huge deal, um, especially because it was given in France. And when you think about the culinary history and, and although that's not the only place cuisine has you know come from, but you think when you go to culinary school, that French classic training so them being maybe the most um, careful in what they accept to be Michelin star, because yeah. actually other countries have gotten vegan Michelin stars or, or had like Nick's in New York, although Nick's is closed now, but they did receive a one star um, a few years ago, a couple of years ago. So the French thing is so huge because of the history of culinary, but I love the fact that you know, we're on the map. And when you get that kind of recognition, then other people that aren't necessarily vegan that follow Michelin guidelines or references or acknowledgement are gonna go, okay, that's the place to try. There's something else going on there. So all of a sudden it's almost like a different class. We're, we're not talking about, oh, just vegan food. You've been recognized in the culinary world as the highest of highest. And then it's kind of like watching a movie, you know, maybe like um, Gwyneth said, seeing Cicely Tyson and, and representation. Yeah. Now I think any vegan chef has to think, hmm, they've recognized them. Yeah. Versus they'll never recognize us. When I led a group of women in 2018 at the James Beard House on mm. International Women's Day, and I brought five women one from Berlin, one from Hong Kong, and then the rest were in the state, but it was an all vegan dinner. I mean, if you know the history of the James Beard House, I think there were two vegan dinners there before we did ours through women chefs and restaurateurs. And James Beard had been around for decades, yeah. you know, and just to be in his kitchen where he lived there, but to have that history knowing any other night there is flesh all over the place, you know, and yeah. I'm scrubbing things down. So you just hit certain marks that you realize we can break through this, mm -hmm. especially, you know, Jackie, I'm always saying food, I make food. That's what I wanted to ask you. you. Yep. Because right? you're, you're not a fan of it being called vegan food. You just say it's food, right? I do. And I have no problem with being a vegan. Yeah. But I have a problem when a label causes prejudice towards something I do. And yeah. at the end of the day, I am too, I am truly cooking food. You know, mm -hmm. the fact that a apple is an apple until you put a sticker on it that says vegan. It's <laughs> always been vegan then. 
Right. But somebody at a grocery store decided, oh, let's jump on the bandwagon and put a vegan sticker on it. And I say this because I've seen it. And then all of a sudden people go, oh, that's vegan or someone that will say, I could never be vegan. Well, what does that mean to you? What what are you thinking in your head that that means? Like, I don't, you know, sprinkle fairy dust over your food before I serve it to you. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Although I don't know about the the fairy dust because you do some magic in your kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) Something's going on. (laughs) <laughs> the juju and the fairy dust are different. <laughs> so I wanted to move on um, to Miss Ashley Renee. Hey, Ashley Renee. <laughs> I wanted to ask you as a new mom, because I was telling, I was talking to someone and my dog is about to make his appearance. Um, I was telling someone earlier that we were having this conversation. And I was telling them specifically about you. Um, and we talked when you were on my podcast um, about your pregnancy as a vegan and, you know, what a great pregnancy that you had um, and you were grateful for that. And then we also talked about the fact that you were going to raise your child on a vegan diet. And so I just wanted you to talk about that because, you know, first off, and I just want you to talk about the research that you did because this woman that I was talking to about it, she tried it with her child after she was vegan for eight years, and she said it didn't work for her. Um, she didn't feel like her child was getting enough um, nutrition. She didn't feel like he was gaining weight. Um, she was worried about a lot of different things, and so she said um, they had to introduce some dairy and, and then some meat products into his diet. But for you, how did you prepare for this? Um, you know, in, in order to know everything that you know, did you work with a pediatrician? I know you are a nutritionist. How did you prepare for it? Yeah. So as far as raising, my children, um, I actually ended up doing uh, a course with Cornell University um, on plant-based nutrition. And they had like a whole section dedicated to, you know, pregnancy, uh, new moms, um, you know, how to rate, and they broke it out in stages, right? Because your your child is going to need different uh, types of nutrition, different kinds of nutrition at the various stages of development. So, mm-hmm. you know, what an infant needs is going to be different from what a one-year-old needs. It's going to be different from what a six-year-old needs. Um, right. And so, yeah, they broke down all of that. But there, there's, I mean, there's just so much information out there. There's, so, there's, there are pediatricians who are specialize in this. There's one that comes to mind. Her name is Dr. Jackie. I follow her on Instagram. Um, and she's called the plant-based pediatrician. And she has a whole website dedicated to educating people on, um, you know, how to raise your children uh, vegan. And she has two children, both vegan, and she hasn't had any issues. Of course, you know, there are going to be, there are always going to be concerns about nutrition, but there are ways around it. Just like as an adult, you know, we supplement, right? If we feel like we're not getting um, enough vitamin D or B12 or iodine. And it's the same thing with, um, you know, children. You find Mm -hmm. ways to supplement in uh, areas where you feel like maybe they're not getting um, adequate nutrition. So there's definitely ways around that. But in order to prepare for that, I did all that research. And, you know, I I took those courses. I got a scholarship to to study plant-based nutrition so that I could prepare for, you know, being a vegan mom. And also... Uh, the other reason why I, I took that course and um, is because I, I wanted to 
stop people from coming at me because I knew they yeah, were right. I remember when I first announced my pregnancy, I think I put something in my bio like, oh, uh, preparing to raise a vegan kid. And people came at me in my DMs, like with just like all this ignorance. And I'm like, you, you don't have any education in this. And yet you're trying to tell me that it's not safe or it's it's child cruelty to raise your child vegan. I'm like, you don't even know anything about veganism. You're just spewing out, uh, you know, whatever is coming to your mind about, you know, your preconceived notions about veganism. So it was very interesting. So I, I, I wanted to prepare for that because I knew a lot of people would try to, um, you know, put their beliefs on me. Um, and I wanted to be able to back up you know, everything or back up my decision to do this and say, hey, I've studied this. I know what I'm doing um, and I'm going to do it right. But there are also like um, there's a website. I can't recall the, the exact name of the website, but like there's a whole network of vegan doctors or plant based doctors um, is what they what they call themselves. Plant based doctors that you can go on and like type in your zip code and try to find like a pediatrician, the, the pediatrician to you that um, specializes in plant based uh, you know, medicine or plant-based pediatrics. And so I actually did that and I found a couple and it just opened up not too far from me. So we're going to be exploring um, going there. Uh, for the first six months, you know, you breastfeeding. So don't really have to worry about that right now. But when the time comes, I'll definitely be, you know, hitting up a plant-based pediatrician to make sure that I'm doing everything correctly. Does that mean you're going to be doing a lot of, of um, making your own baby food once he start once he's off of breast milk, or will you be buying things? Like how does how will that work in your household? Because I know you plan all these things out. I love it. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, for the first six months, breastfeeding, and then once I start introducing solid foods, you know, I already have like the baby food makers and everything. So I'll, I'll you know, I follow um, what's her name, Sweet Potato Soul, Janae. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, she 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 does that for her child, and she gives me all these different ideas. She has a whole YouTube channel, and you know, she has like what we eat in a day videos. So she gives me like all this inspiration for you know what kinds of foods I can actually make for uh, beyond. Uh, I don't think it's 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 going to be like a cakewalk. It's definitely going to be some work, you know, because it's a learning curve. You're so used yeah. to just taking care of yourself, and now you got this like other little human being that you got to plan meals for. Yeah, and it's hard enough trying to like plan meals for two adults. Adults, you know, you know, me and my husband. <laughs> so um, it's going to be interesting adding a baby into the mix and trying to make sure that, you know, we balance like a good balanced meal diet with, you know, the right amount of nutrition. So, but I'm confident we can do it. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you can. It's just so amazing to me how many people just feel like still at this day and age, with all the information that is out there that, you know, that vegans are not capable of getting proper nutrition. I don't, I don't get it. And, and not to judge anyone for how they raise their children, but if you do the proper homework and you do, you know, work closely with the doctor, which I'm thinking if you have a newborn, you're talking to a pediatrician mm -hmm. every other day, or at least I would be, yeah. I'd be like, just look at him. Is he okay? Is he <laughs> every other day? Just, I mean, Nina, weigh in on this because I know nutrition is your thing too. I mean, do you get a lot of that from people that are hesitant to go vegan, um, the whole nutrition thing? Yeah, you know, I have personal friends that were, they've been vegan since they've been born and they're in their 30s and 40s and they're doing fine. The thing I think it goes back to, as Ashley said, people spewing things they don't even know. 
because there are a lot of people that are not vegan that have kids and these kids have health issues. They have health issues. We know dairy products called cause mucus. And if you are a follower of Dr. Suvi and many other doctors, especially um, more naturopathic doctors and, and naturopaths don't necessarily follow vegans. So I'd be careful there because I don't want anybody to think, well, I know a naturopath that's not vegan. Yeah, you're right. But those with more natural health and hygiene, natural hygiene is what it would actually be called. You see a lot of kids not getting proper nutrition. Mucus is going to cause all kinds of problems. As African-Americans, we are less deficient in breaking down, you know, dairy type products. We lose, we're lactose intolerant. So it keeps coming back to a lack of education, what marketing and the impressions we constantly see throughout, um, you know, the, just our social media, all these impressions that get out there. So when you come back to nutrition, nutrition is nutrition. And there's a fallacy that you have to combine plant-based things to get a complete protein. I mean, quinoa has all the amino acids, all nine important amino acids. Um, to make a complete protein. So I always go back to educating people. And like, I think all of us agree, where did you get that information from? Mm -hmm. Ask mm. me where I get my beef, I'm going to tell you. And it's probably right. not going to be anything, it's not going to be anything that can bleed. Well, beef, but. <laughs> bleeding. <laughs> 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 yes, exactly. Um, speaking of African Americans and our diet, mm -hmm. question on the table, Gwenna, I'm throwing this one at you, but let me give some perspective. Can changing our diet help Black Americans fight against racism? Um, I, I know you all probably have heard of uh, Brooklyn Borough President and candidate for New York City Mayor Eric Adams. He is trying to convince our new vice president, raise a glass for Kamala. <laughs> Cheers. Uh, for Kamala Harris. Um, he is trying to convince Kamala to go vegan and target dietary racism. And the good news is that more and more Black Americans are going vegan um, faster than any other group. But Gwenna, I'll ask you, do you think that changing our diets can help Black Americans fight back against racism in this country? Yeah, in a way, it, well, definitely yes, first of all, but in a way, because like there's a saying, he that controls the food controls the planet. And mm -hmm. we kind of know how that's going with all the genetically modified foods and these other, you know, Monsanto, these corporations that are, you know, creating these Franken foods and that, you know, we're consuming and they're putting all these restaurants in the black communities and but these restaurants don't give back and things like that. So the way I see it, um, so I work with um, an organization called Vegan Outreach um, and also with uh, the SAVE movement. And we provide um, bags, I'm a part of Black Lives member, and we also provide bags for them of like fresh organic produce, fruits, vegetables, uh, some plant-based cheeses, working on some milks right now, um, because it's so important that you work on all oppressions, mm -hmm. you know, the best that you can. Like, you can't do it all. I tried last year and burnt out. <laughs> you tried. <laughs> but 
you can do a little bit here and there. I don't have a choice but to, you know, pay attention to oppression and, and, and other ills that go on just because of the color of my skin. But um, I definitely believe like with the vegan food thing blowing up and, you know, you have the Beyond Meats and I think Oatly's going to be doing an IPO soon and uh, so many different plant-based companies. For me, this is also a chance to create some wealth. Um, in this movement, because there's so many niches and avenues, and I'm sorry, Black women are the shit right now. Like we are it, and I don't mean to say right now. Like we all, you come on, always have, always will be. But everybody, <laughs> yes. And look, take advantage of that. Yeah, in every possible way. Look at what Tabitha Brown did. You know, she eating a sandwich and now, you know what I mean? They got her face everywhere. You know, it's like, there's so many different niches. That may not be your niche, you know, but it may be creating a product. It may be being a nutritionist. It may be being a chef, um, running a nonprofit, things like that. So um, I definitely believe this is an opportunity to, one of many opportunities to um, be a part of, to level up. Yeah, I mean, I think for us as a community, I think it's so important that we really um, pay attention to what we are putting in our mouths um, and why we eat the foods that we eat. You know, there used to be, there, there is still this pride to eating those scraps that were left, you know, to the slaves and turning it into culinary delight. They, you know, they were still scraps that, you know, people didn't want and they were the, you know, not the best, uh, you know, kinds of food that we were left with. Um, and yes, we turned it into something then, but we're not slaves anymore. And we don't have to be slaves um, to a certain type of diet. We can eat better. You know, I just think about, um, you know, racists sitting back and laugh at us killing ourselves um, with what we're eating, with what we're choosing to eat. But it's not just us, it's just, it's not just our choice. It's what we have access to, you know, the food deserts that are in a lot of, you know, black and brown communities where there's no access to fresh fruits and vegetables, or if there, there is access to those things, it's very expensive and hard to get, you know, um, you know, so I, I do think, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I've, I've had conversations with um, some friends of mine that are in uh, BLM here in LA. And I'm, you know, one thing I say to people like oppression isn't just with the police, and you know, in politics, it is in the food system itself. Yeah. And I think when you're focused on, which is so easy for us to do at any time, because there's so many issues I have yet to discover. Every time I learn about something new, I'm just like, geez. But I think yeah. like when you're focused on one particular area, because you got to be good at something, you know. But yeah. when you focus on one area, you can have cognitive dissonance completely mm-hmm. when it comes to something that's right under that you're participating in, you know for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah. Well, listen, it's, it's almost been an hour, ladies, and I don't want to um, run out of time before I talk about food because one of the questions that I get more than anything from my friends um, and just people that I meet that are thinking about going vegan is like, what do you eat? You know, what do you eat on a given day? Um, and then you know, I'm gonna let you go last on this one. Um, but what what do you guys like, you know, like Ashley, what do you eat on just a, like, what types of, what are some of your favorite things to eat? Um, you know, maybe give me a breakfast 
and a lunch and a dinner, just an idea of what you would eat if you were cooking at home? Sure. Um, for, you know, it's, it's really not that different from, yeah. you know, what a traditional like meat eater would eat, right? Like, um, you know, say maybe you eat eggs. Uh, I can make that too, but with tofu and scramble it up with some, you know, turmeric and some salt, some peppers, some tomatoes, put all like the good vegetables in there and make a really good uh, vegan scram scramble. It's just made out of tofu, but it tastes just like eggs because of the way right. you see it. And I try to tell people like, hey, like the trick is in the seasoning. Like you can make anything resemble what you traditionally ate if you just know how to season it right. So, sure. you know. Yeah. So a good, nice, nutritionally balanced, you know, breakfast with some scrambled eggs, but made out of tofu, um, you know, green juice. I drink my green juices every morning um, uh, and, and they look, they look very similar to what you drink, uh, Nina, with the ginger. Yeah. The ginger, celery, all the good, all the good green stuff. Um, and then for lunch, uh, gosh. I, okay. So, you know, you know how I feel about purple carrot and green chef. Uh, <laughs> It's a favor, especially, you know, for, for me right now being, you know, a new mom and everything just like so hectic right now. Um, it's, it's a meal delivery kit service and they just send you the ingredients and the recipes and you just put it together and they have like a million different recipes. I, I don't think I've had like the same thing more than more than once. Um, and it's a really good way to discover new cuisines and new meals, um, yeah. especially if you're new to like the vegan lifestyle. Um, so yeah, lunch and dinner is usually like a purple carrot or a green chef dish. Um, we actually subscribe to both of those uh, delivery services and the, the meals are great. You already know my favorite one was the lobster rolls. The vegan no, I was lunch. just about to bring it up. I, that was mind blowing. That lobster mind roll. Blowing. Yeah, it's made out of um, hearts of palm. Yeah. So um, favorite favorite dish, hands down. Um, hands down. Yeah. So I'm waiting yeah. for it to come around again, you know, in the booklet that they, where you go online and choose your meals. I'm like waiting for that to come back. So Girl, I, I have the recipe and I just went to the store and I started making it on my own because it was just so good. I know. <laughs> I should do that. That's the good thing. You can also go online. They're so generous with their uh, recipes at Purple Care. You can just go online and get their recipes. Mm -hmm. What about you? What do you eat in a typical day? Take us through if you were cooking and just, you know, putting some things together. Nothing fancy. Yeah, one of the things I've really gotten into that I really love, I cook book, buckwheat now. I make buckwheat a lot. So, really? yeah, I just, yeah, I just happened to see like? it in the store I'm and I was like, I'm going to try this. It's like grits, but it's dark brown. <laughs> or like, yeah, it's kind of like grits, but dark brown. Um, and com a complete, like, there's nothing else, just buckwheat. And um, it's very filling, a lot of fiber. And I usually... What I do with mines lately, there's this new um, vegan bacon called Hooray. No, I'm not plugging. They don't pay me. I'm just saying this so people can get hit to it. And it's made from like rice flour and shiitake mushrooms. And it's pretty good. There's no like soy or gluten in it. And so I'll cook some of that and put little pieces of that in there with some um, saute some pecans. And that's sometimes what I have in the morning when, I'm, when I need something full. I also every day love to have mushrooms like in mm -hmm. something. Um, I could eat, like, if there was only one food left I could eat, it would be mushrooms. <laughs> I absolutely love mushrooms. So I'll get some, like, imagined soup, because I don't like doing a lot of, like, from scratch cooking. Um, and then I'll put it in some of the, like, cauliflower with some mushrooms and maybe a little bit of cabbage. 
something like that. So yeah. Oh, that sounds amazing. And yes. Chef Nina, what about you when you are not cooking for the masses? What do you what do you cook for yourself at home? Right. But I have a question for you. Have you had soba noodles, Jackie? Yes. And I love so them. They're made from buckwheat. Oh really? Yes. See? I did not know that, but I love them. But I didn't. I never thought of just buying buckwheat on its own. But soba noodles, I do oh, love. Yeah. So okay, so good. And you know me, I, I I eat a lot of different things. I am a scratch cooker, even at home, because I'm always in test mode frame. Yeah. But like Brenna, I love mushrooms. I love shiitake. I love lion's mane. So that would be my meat. The thing I love most is that. People think a vegan diet is so restrictive where you can't eat everything that's available to you. You know, mm-hmm. if you like oatmeal, you can have oatmeal every morning with a different form of toppings yeah. and a different type of milk, a cashew milk, an almond milk, an oat milk. I mean, uh, a macadamia milk. It's endless. So my yeah. breakfast, because I get up early, I'm usually going, you know, fast in the morning and I do my smoothie, my green smoothies or my protein drinks. I get in the kitchen. I don't necessarily have a lot to eat when we're cooking because you kind of feel full just from smelling the food and you never have time to really sit down and have a proper meal and you're tasting throughout the day. So tablespoons can add up and you just, I have found I stay more satiated on a plant-based diet anyway. I'm fuller longer. And then usually dinner time, I'm not going to eat too heavy because I have long days. But the weekends, I love my waffles. I love making my blueberry pancake. I love getting into, you know, we did the egg with, you can do it with tofu. You can do it with chickpea, like an omelet. You can do it with just egg if you don't want to go there. And it's the mung bean. I mean, we have so many choices. As we've all said, I can deconstruct, we can deconstruct any of our favorite foods. And if you, you know, you need that meat texture, you can get it, whether it's processed or whether you find things like jackfruit or your mushrooms, like I've already said, or other things, foods, produce that emulate that texture. And then everything is in the seasoning, the juju. Yeah. The juju. And not everybody knows how to season (laughs) start with that to me if you want to go vegan and you want to cook at home learn how to use your seasonings because that is that is key and 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 tofu is your friend if you get it organic right it's not people are so afraid of tofu i didn't like it are terrified of tofu. anything so they black folks like run from the word like tofu It does need to be organic because it's one of the largest GMO crops along with corn. Mm -hmm. But I think when we get into produce, you know, we really, um, as as a country, we can really victimize, we can really go in on a certain thing. Soy is bad. Corn is bad. And everybody has their own makeup. So what can you eat? I have a friend that has a history in her family of breast cancer and she's gotten information of tofu. So I'm like, stay away. I can give you so many other things. Yeah. But if you do like tofu, you can have it, but it should be organic and sprouted is even better. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's good to know. And can you, and, and, and organic, yes, I see all the time, sprouted. Can you get that at a Whole Foods, a Trader Joe's? Yes. A, and I'm trying to think of the brown wild, wildwood. Yeah, wildwood. You can sprout it, tofu, or, and you can sprout, okay, you can, uh, you can sprout your own. Um, Nobody doing all that. Nobody, <laughs> not really. When you do it yourself, you won't have any store-bought. So don't even go there if you don't want it. It is such a different taste and it's so yeah. dish delicious and melts in your mouth. But you know, that's what I do. This is my profession. And I you like to do? eat people. Yeah. I mean, I don't make it all the time, but when I really want to go there, I mm. will take, I have my, um, yeah, I have all the things that I need to do it. I mean, we learned to do it in culinary school, just like making your own seitan or yeah. your tempeh right? And then there's tempeh on the table for you. So we have so many options. Like, I'm like, what do you guys do over there with just how many kinds of meat do you have? Yeah. <laughs> it's just endless. It's so true. Well, ladies, listen, we are almost out of time. So I just wanted to thank you all. And I wanted you all to just take a moment and just tell people websites where they can follow you. So, cause everyone will want to know more from each of you. And there's so you should, you all should follow all of these ladies and all that they're doing. And Ashley, I'll start with you. Um, you can find me, I'm Hey Ashley Renee across all the socials, Instagram and YouTube are my most active platforms. And I also just came out with a very basic vegan cookbook. It's called basicassvegan.com. You just go to basicassvegan.com. You can get it. And it's for people who like literally just don't even know how to cook. You just want super basic vegan recipes because I feel like in the beginning when you're like trying to go vegan, that's what a lot of people need is just really basic recipes to get you started. Yeah, basic ass recipes. That is true. <laughs> Quinn, what about you? Um, you can find you so I don't know if anybody's been on there, but there's this new app that is just the bomb is Clubhouse. I so love if it. You're, it's amazing. Okay. So right. I'm on there under Gwenna G W E N N A. Just follow me on there. Like that's the only thing I'm dealing with right now is Clubhouse. She's easing back into society right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Nina? What 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 do you have going on that uh, and where can people follow you? Botanical Chef on Instagram is where I put a lot of what I do out. And then for our company, Vitalize Cafe, and that's vitalize without the ecafe.com. Okay, fantastic. Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning into this special episode of the Vegan Sexy Cool po podcast, Table Talk. And thank you to Nina and Glenna and Ashley for being my guests today. Be sure to subscribe to the Vegan Sexy Cool podcast and tell a friend. Visit me on vegansexycool.com for some great articles and information on how you can get your vegan life. Um, and follow me on all social media at Vegan Sexy Cool. I am Jackie Reed. Everybody, thank you, ladies, again for being here. This was a fabulous conversation. Cheers to you all. I'm, I didn't say it was in my car, my mocktail. This is just um, uh, sparkling water, uh, blackberries. There is palm juice in here. I know it has a lot of sugar. Palm juice, uh, fresh lime, and uh, fresh grapefruit. I squeezed fresh Ooh. grapefruit in there just to give it a little. Oh, and it is delicious. <laughs>
I just need some pomegranate seeds. <laughs> All right, ladies. Thank you so thank much. You. And right. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye. Hey, you guys, thanks so much for tuning in and a special thank you to my incredible guest today. Let me know if you liked what you heard here today because I'm thinking about doing another live recording like this one every once in a while. And if you want to hear more in general on how you can get your vegan life, please subscribe to this podcast and follow us on social media at Vegan Sexy Cool. Until next time, everybody, stay safe and stay sane.